I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone who has said, look, I want to read and study the Bible, but I just don't know how. I don't know where to begin. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'm reading it correctly. And these are legitimate concerns. And so I'm here to tell you that I believe that you can easily learn how to read God's Word. And I believe that you should be able to and that you deserve to. This is the means of revelation that He has given us. He does not talk to us verbally, at least not anymore. And that's the way that we can know Him. You know, we can't know God in an intimate, salvific way apart from hearing His Word. And so I'm just going to give you a few quick uh, tips and suggestions on where to begin so that you can start your walk uh, with the Lord. The very first podcast episode I ever did was called, Is the Bible Reliable? And it basically talks about how we can, with pretty good confidence, say that the Bible is trustworthy because ultimately Jesus said it was trustworthy, and he rose from the dead. And so if a man that did miracles and was perfect and rose from the dead tells me that the Bible is reliable, at least the Old Testament, we can go into more of those details of New Testament construction uh, if you want to send me a message. But if he says that it's reliable, well, I'm going to go with what that guy says because he obviously is very, very special. He's obviously God because he has conquered death and he's lived a perfect life on my behalf. So I think it's pretty logical to say that the Bible is pretty reliable. So that being said, we can't just read it however we want. We can't just open a page, point to a verse, read it and say, okay, this means this, this, and this for my life. We have to read it the way that it was intended to be read. So if you've never heard the word hermeneutics, That's your new word for today, hermeneutics. It's the art and science of biblical interpretation. Now, I know that sounds like a big, scary word, but none of us need to be rocket scientists to be able to read God's word. In fact, it says in the Bible that God's word makes wise the simple. It is for simple people like you and me. In fact, the first disciples were fishermen And when they began to share the gospel in the book of Acts, you can read this account, people were stunned because they knew these men were simple men, uneducated men, yet they had power and they spoke as if they had authority because they had been with Jesus. And so I'm here to encourage you that you don't have to go to seminary to know God. You don't have to be a scholar. You can just be uh, a simple good old boy from Surrey County, North Carolina, where I'm from, And you can know God as well as any biblical scholar out there, okay? One amazing resource that helped me early in my walk with the Lord and still helps me is the ESV Study Bible. So maybe go write that down or make a mental note of it. The ESV Study Bible. It was just pivotal for helping me understand how to read the Bible. And if, you know, Christmas is coming up, so maybe put that on your Christmas list and ask that from family. But yes, the ESV Study Bible. Uh, I like the ESV translation because it's readable uh, and it's simple, but it's still true to the original text. It doesn't change it so much uh, or put you know interpretations into the text. It's still very true to you know the Greek and the Hebrew. 
Now, this podcast is not going to be super long, so just know that the things that I'm telling you, I have Bible verses for them. I have some rationale behind them, um, but just due to time's sake, I don't want this to be like a class or a course. I want it just to be a quick, simple uh, message that you can listen to maybe while you're doing the dishes or doing laundry or you know, doing some other thing in your, in your house that doesn't require a lot of uh, mental energy. And so I just want you to be able to start reading your Bible today. So, um, the Bible does make a claim for itself that it's inspired by God. And of course, this would be circular reasoning and would make, you know, be a little illogical just to say, well, the Bible's inspired because it says it's inspired. But again, I argued in my first podcast episode that, uh, Jesus, who clearly was a real person, even secular scholars believe he was a real person, uh, and who obviously changed the world, he had a high view of Scripture. And so for me, that says all I need to know, um, and so I have a high view of Scripture. Well, what else does he say about Scripture? Well, Jesus says that uh, God's Word is inspired, that it is the writings that are inspired, meaning it's not necessarily the events that are inspired in the Bible. Well, what in the world does that mean? It means that the words that are written are what is inspired by God. So, for example, in the Old Testament, we have a lot of events that are recorded. The parting of the Red Sea, the plagues in Egypt, you know, things like that. Those events, of course, were miraculous in nature, but they are not inspired in the same way that the words are inspired. Okay, what you are reading is what gives life. Okay, it's not the events behind the text, it is the actual text itself. Okay, so just what you read and what it says, that's what it is. That's what you're focused on. You're not focused on trying to, you know, interpret why the events happened the way they did, or you don't need to go outside of what the Bible says to try to interpret it. And that should be an encouragement to us. Does that make sense? So basically, if you're reading about the parting of the Red Sea, that's all that you need to know about that story. You don't need to try to go uh, find other books or other documents from, you know, thousands of years ago about the parting of the Red Sea. You don't need to try to go outside of the Bible to learn more about what happened in the Bible, okay? It's not necessary for you to have another book. It's not necessary for you to, to go outside of it to get the meaning that God intended for you. Everything that God wants you to know about what happened in uh, an event or a story in the Bible is contained in the Bible, okay? So that's basically my point, is that what it says is all that you need. You don't need to go watch the History Channel and try to figure out, you know, what experts think uh, the reason for the parting of the Red Sea was. Perhaps a big strong wind or tornado is what caused it. Okay, that's fine. It's fun to do stuff like that. But we are not to put authority on outside sources in the way that we put authority on the Bible. So let me give you another example. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, it looks like in this passage right here, it looks like it is wrong for same-sex romantic relationships. It looks like here in Romans 1 that it says that it's wrong. But what you really need to know is that back then, blah, 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 and they give you information that blatantly contradicts what it says. Does that make sense? So if the Bible says something and it seems pretty plain and simple, 
what it says, but somebody is trying to tell you that it doesn't clearly say what it says because of some historical context or something outside of the passage that now changes the meaning of the passage, you need to be very wary of that because what that does, that takes away our ability to even read the Bible because that view says that in order to correctly understand God's word, you have to understand all this stuff from the past. Now, is it helpful to understand the culture and the history around what you're reading? Well, yes, it is helpful. But in so much as it helps you interpret the text, not in so much as it changes the text's meaning. You know, if suddenly what we're clearly reading no longer means that we are clearly reading that. That is just a wacky way to live. So, for example, there's a ton of passages about hell. And what people will say sometimes is, well, you know, the Jews, they they didn't really believe in an afterlife. And so when Jesus spoke about hell, he, of course, wasn't really speaking of a place, you know, where after we die, he was speaking about blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but that's not what he's saying. That's literally not what it says. Like you're telling me, you're gaslighting me, basically. That's basically what it is. Sometimes... There are passages that are not super clear, and we're going to disagree on exactly what they mean, and that's okay. But sometimes passages are really, really clear, but we don't like what they say, so we will do all this gymnastics to try to change the meaning. And so, I mean, I'm a rational human being. If I read something that clearly says something, and then you're going to tell me that that's actually not what it means because of all this stuff in the background and all this stuff from history, I'm just not really sure what to tell you because we all know how to read. My 11-year-old son can read passages and say, okay, this is what it means because that's what it says in plain English. And you can look at other English translations, you know, and that's what it says. And yet all these people sometimes will tell you that's not what it means because they actually don't like that it says that. So instead of just saying, well, I don't like it, that's what it says, they have to, of course, say, well, that's not really what it says. And so I would just encourage you not to get caught up in those things and not to do them yourself. Um, What it says is what it says, and it means what it says, and it says what it means. Now, of course, we can go too extreme with that. And what I mean by that is, for example, in the Old Testament, there are laws given to the Israelites. And it says in there that these laws are for the Israelites. Okay? It says that There's coming a day, you know, when we're going to have a a Messiah, actually God himself, who will change our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. But for now, we are unable to obey. So here is the law for the Israelites. The text itself says that. And so when we just open to Leviticus and point to a law that says, you know, do not mark your skin with ink. And we say, see, it's, it's a sin to have a tattoo. Well, that's a little shallow because it also says we cannot wear clothing of different fabrics. It also says that uh, really weird, strange things like don't boil a goat in its mother's milk and all these laws that none of us are keeping. So we need to understand that the reason we don't keep those laws is because it literally says in the text that it is for the Israelites. It is not for us. We have later revelation in the New Testament and from Jesus himself who is saying, I have fulfilled the law it was never meant for you guys to, to keep that forever because you're unable to keep the law. Uh, only I can keep it because, well, Jesus is God. And so 
that's when you can read things wrongly by being too literal, by just opening up and say, see, it says right here that tattoos are wrong, tattoos are sinful. Then we've gone back to the yoke of slavery, Paul says, back to the law that was never intended um, to be permanent for us, okay? And so it's okay to say that what you're reading, plain and simple, no longer applies because it literally says in the text it no longer applies. It would be like if I wrote a letter to my husband, said, Dear Blake, and it was a love letter. Is that love letter to everyone? Does that apply to the next door neighbor? Well, no, it says it's for Blake, right? It says it's for my husband, Blake, therefore it's for Blake. So it would be wrong and an abuse of the text, you know, to just take that letter and say that it applies to everyone. So just keep in mind, the text will tell you how to read it, okay? The text will tell you how to read it. It may not tell you at first, it may not tell you quickly, but if you give it enough time, it will tell you how to read it. So again, you just need the text itself, the Bible itself. You don't need all these outside sources. And so just keep that in mind. When people ask me, well, where do I start? I think the best place to start is the beginning um, in Genesis. But I would also start as well at the same time as Genesis. I would start in one of the Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they are the accounts of Jesus's life here on earth. They are the only books with, um, you know, his words, his teachings. And they are eyewitness accounts of those who spent time with him. And so um, I want you to get to the gospel. That's why I don't want you to just start in Genesis and go one book at a time. Because I want you to get to the gospel. Because the gospel is what has the power to save. But the, the Bible itself is one big story. And you can actually see very, very early on in the first three chapters of Genesis that God had a plan from the beginning to exalt and glorify his son. So the Bible is one continuous story. It's written by many different people over thousands of years. But it has one purpose, one story, and ultimately one author. It does claim, again, that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I see Jesus affirming that. So therefore, I'm going to go with what Jesus says. So basically, long story short, all you need to know is, one, that the Bible claims for itself that it's reliable. Um, and so that would be, again, circular and bad reasoning, except that, two, Jesus affirms that this is true. And so I'm going to go with what Jesus says because he's obviously God, and that's pretty much all I need to know about that. Three, uh, you don't need sources outside of the text for you to be able to adequately understand it. Uh, that takes away from your ability as just a normal, simple human being to be able to understand what you're reading. You don't need to know all this extra other stuff. You don't need to be, you know, super educated to understand it. Um, four kind of goes along with that. Um, what it says is what it means. What it means is what it says. Don't try to add or take away or add all this extra fluff or say, but it doesn't really mean this. Um, you can go to different translations. You can go to different commentaries. A commentary is uh, someone's belief over what a text means. It's okay to consult those things. We want to work together as a team to understand what it means. Um, five is it means what the author says it means. Okay, so we can't just go into a text and say, oh, I think it means, well, I think it means, well, I think it means. What does the author say? What is the author trying to communicate? Okay, so for example, people are trying to, you know, figure out how old the, the earth is or 
things like that by reading Genesis. Look, that's not the author's intention. The author's not trying to tell you how old the earth is. He's just trying to tell you that God created it, okay? And so we don't want to be looking for um, ghosts, you know, looking for things that aren't there. Um, so just keep that in mind. And that's pretty much all you need to know to begin. And so I would just begin in Genesis, and then I would also just pick a gospel uh, I really like John because it focuses on the divinity of Jesus, but I think that that's just a great place for you to start. And so um, I also lastly want to say that it's okay to use a translation that is other than the King James Version. I will do another podcast on my thoughts on the King James Version, but I know a lot of my listeners think that that's the only translation. Uh, I believe that you are uh, entitled and deserve to read a translation that you can read. And so I have uh, biblical reasons for believing that, and I'll share those in another podcast. But one of my favorite translations is the ESV, the English Standard Version. Um, And so if you're looking for one uh, place to start, I think that is a good place. In conclusion, I know it can feel overwhelming, the thought of, you know, reading this big book, the Bible, that's sitting in front of you. You don't have to read all of it. Just start one page at a time. You know, there's that saying, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. So don't feel overwhelmed and don't not start because you feel overwhelmed. Just start. Start somewhere. Read a page at a time. You can find you a good, healthy church that will walk alongside you. I'm more than happy to join you in your journey with the Lord, more than happy to point you to more resources and people that would be happy to help you. As always, thanks for listening. Feel free to send me any questions or feedback that you have. You can email me at blamibo.go at hushmail.com, B-L-A-M-I-B-O dot G-O at hushmail.com. Thank you and God bless.